Hello everybody and welcome to today's episode of The Daily 3, your daily podcast on the NBA with me, Leonardo Prodonhos. After two losses, the Cavs got back to winning by beating the Hornets. Cleveland had a burst start thanks to Sadie Osmond and Colin Sexton combining for 29 points in the first half. The Cavs weren't shooting well from outside, and at the break they were 1 from 13 from 3, but they managed to be in front 41-53. In the second half, despite Rogier's 12 points in the third, the Cavs were still in front with a comfortable 12-point lead. But then it all changed in the fourth. Rogier scored 19 points in the quarter and scored 5 threes to make it a 2-point game, but he missed the game-winning 3. For the Hornets, Devontae had 35 points, and for the Cavs, Colin Saxon had 23 points, and Kevin Love finished with 16 points and 14 rebounds, plus 7 assists. Behind a great performance by Kyle Lowry, the Raptors beat the Pistons. The game started close, but the Raptors had a big setback early in the first when Marc Gasol left the game because of his hamstring. Despite not having him, they were still able to go to the break ahead 70-64. In the second half, the Raptors pulled away, especially in the third quarter when they outscored the Pistons by 11 to get a 17-point lead. Detroit tried to fight back in the fourth, but the win went to Toronto 112-99. For the Raptors, Pascal Siakam had 26 points, and Kyle Lowry had a triple-double as he finished with 20 points, 10 rebounds and 10 assists. And for the Pistons, Andrew Drummond had 22 points and 18 rebounds. And that was pretty much it. Losing Marc Gasol is going to be a big blow for the Raptors, especially on the defensive side. Ibaka can't take care of things offensively, but Mark gives them some more consistency defensively. The Bulls had a big comeback win over the Wizards. Washington came in strong and was up by 6 at the break thanks to Bertans' 21 points. In the third, the Wizards kept pushing and were up by 12 going into the fourth, but then the Bulls decided to wake up. They outscored Washington by 12, and Zach Levine scored two clutch free throws with less than a second to go to send it to overtime. In OT, the Bulls were stronger and got the win 110-109. For the Bulls, Laurie Markin had 31 points and 9 rebounds, and for the Wizards, Davis Bertans had 26 points. And this was another big win for the Bulls. They were finally winning those close, down-to-the-wire games. And like I said a few episodes ago, Teams and players learned by losing. And those close losses that the Bulls had showed them what they had to do to win. Markkanen has been playing better lately. He had 5 threes last night, which was important to keep the team in the game until the fourth quarter. And that's why the Bulls need him. Zach is a team star and Wendell gives them an inside presence and rebounding. But they need a consistent second option. And Markkanen has the talent to be that second option. Then the Sixers lost their first game at home this season. Philly is one of the biggest teams in the NBA. They have 14 players in their roster who are 6'5 or taller, and Miami felt that. Time after time the Sixers slowed the ball and got easy fast breaks, so it wasn't really a surprise to see them ahead 29-19 after the first. But then the heat changed. They started defending with a 3-2 zone and Philly just went down from there. Miami was on by 12 at a point, but they went on a 27-7 run to end the second quarter, which gave them the lead 56-48. In the second half, the game was balanced until the last few minutes, when the Sixers decided to come back. Thanks to their outside shooting, they made it a two-point game, but then Al Horford missed the game winning three, and the Heat got the win 108-104. For Miami, Kendrick Nunn had 26 points, and for the Sixers, Embiid finished with 22 points and 19 rebounds. I've been saying this since the first episode, and I'm glad to see that people are finally starting to buy on the Heat. Defensively, when they switched to zone defense, it was a completely different game. With Butler and Derek Jones defending as the two in front, the Sixers couldn't do anything, and it shows just the type of problems that they can bring to other teams defensively. 
And then on offense, Bama Debayu is one hell of a player. The amount of options that he gives Miami is ridiculous. He isn't the biggest or the most imposing figure like Embiid, but he can get rebounds, he's quick, and he can run the floor. It doesn't show on his stats, but he can also pass the ball. Yesterday's game was entertaining from start to finish, and after so many years, the East is finally getting interesting with the different options and teams on top of the conference. Then the Pelicans broke a 13-game losing streak against Minnesota. New Orleans was determined to break their streak, and I've said it multiple times that I couldn't understand how a team with that much quality can lose that many games in a row. And Brandon Ingram came in hot. He had 18 points in the first score alone, and he helped the Pelicans get an early 7-point lead that quickly grew to a 13-point lead at the break. Minnesota was trying to fight back, but the Pelicans were focused, and they were able to push that lead to 15 going into the fourth quarter. The Timberwolves did try to come back, but by then it was too late and they ended up losing 107-99. to For the Pelicans, Brendan Ingram had 34 points, and for the Timberwolves, Andrew Wiggins finished with 27 points. I'm not a Pelicans fan, but I'm genuinely happy for them. I think that they have a lot of talent, a lot of potential, but their record just doesn't show it. I don't think this win is going to turn everything around. I doubt that they'll be able to go on a 5-6-7 game winning streak. But I hope it gives them some confidence back so that they can show their talent and they can show their potential. Because they should be a fun team to watch. The way their roster is right now, they should be winning. And now that the pressure of breaking that losing streak is off, I hope they can finally start playing some good basketball. Then the Thunder had another comeback win, this time against the Grizzlies. Playing in Oklahoma, Memphis started strong and thanks to Jonas Valanciunas, Ja Morant and Brandon Clark combining for 37 points, they were up at the break 68-59. The Grizzlies were on the roll at a point and they were up by 24. But then OKC slowly started to get back into the game, Schroeder had 22 in the second half and together with Chris Paul and Shea Gillis Alexander, they combined for 45 points which was enough to turn it around and get the win 122-126. For Memphis, Valanciunas finished with 24 points and 9 rebounds, and Brandon Clark had 27 points and 7 rebounds. And for the Thunder, Schroeder had 31 points and 7 assists, and Shea Gillis Alexander had 20 points and 9 rebounds. This is the second win in a row for the Thunder, and it was another great game by Schroeder. I reckon that if OKC decided to rebuild, Schroeder is probably someone they can get a lot for. He can shoot well, both from outside and inside, he's a great player to have coming off the bench, but he could also start for a couple of teams right now. Then the Nuggets got their fourth win in a row by beating the Magic. Orlando had the bare start, thanks to Vucevic and DJ Augustin. The two combined for 29 points in the first half, and with the Nuggets turning the ball over 10 times, they had a 15-point lead at the break. But then in the second half, Denver went on a 24-0 run to get the lead. Orlando tried to stay in, but Denver got the win 104-113. For the Magic, Vucevic had 20 points, and for the Nuggets, Jamal Murray finished with 33 points, and Nikola Jokic had 18 points and 12 assists. And you can see the difference the way the Nuggets play when Jokic is playing at his usual level. Their ball movement seems more fluid and it gives them different options, especially when they're spacing the floor. Yesterday he had this shot where he just gets his foot just behind the three-point line and then shoots off of one leg like he was Dirk. It was a crazy three-pointer to ice the game, and with this win, Denver is now the third seed, half a game ahead of Dallas and Houston. But to be honest, I doubt that they'll be able to keep it. Once Lucas back, the Mavericks become really dangerous, and Houston is always a threat with Westbrook and Harden playing together. The Celtics are back to winning by beating Dallas. 
After Cool's first quarter, and despite Jalen Brown scoring 10 points in the second quarter, the Mavericks were able to edge out and get a 3-point lead going into the break. In the second half, it changed. Kemba, Jalen, and Jason Tatum combined for 45 points, and together they turned the game around. Dallas tried to stay in the game, but Luka is the key to their offense, and without him they just couldn't keep up. The final score was 109-103, Kemba had 32 points, Jalen had 26 and 9 rebounds, and Tatum had 24 points and 8 rebounds. For the Mavericks, Porzingis had 23, 13 rebounds and 3 blocks, and Seth Curry finished with 20 points. Dallas lose so much offensively when they don't have Luka playing. Jalen actually had a good game, he finished with 10 points and 11 assists, but he isn't a threat that Luka is. And Dallas didn't lose because of him, Team Hardway had a quiet night too. If he had like 20-25 points, they, they would have probably got the win. But until Doncic is back, Dallas just isn't going to be the same team. In the last game of the night, the Warriors lost their fifth game in a row against the Blazers. Unlike in other games, the Warriors actually played well and they were able to keep it close until almost the end. With D'Angelo Russell running the show, they were down by just one at the break. But you could sense that Portland's big three was starting to wake up as they had combined for 45 points at that point. In the second half, the Blazers slowly started to pull away thanks to CJ, Dame and Whiteside combining for 38 points. They were up by 6 after the 3rd and they got a comfortable win 112-122. D'Angelo had 26 points and 7 assists and Glenn Robinson had 17 points. And for the Blazers, Dame had 31 points and 13 assists, CJ had 30 points, Whiteside had 16 points and 23 rebounds and Carmelo finished with 17 points. I really think that this Portland team has some potential and should make the playoffs. CJ and Dame have been together since forever and this team goes as far as they want to go, there's no doubt about it. But then you add Carmelo who can get you 15, 20, 25 a night easily and Whiteside rebounding and defending at this level and it becomes real hard to stop him. But right now they're still the 9th seed just half a game behind the Kings who now have Marvin Bagley and Darren Fox back and the fight for the playoffs is looking as exciting as ever. Well that is all for today guys, really hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel in your chosen platform so you're always up to date whenever a new episode comes out. Give me some feedback, tell me what you like, tell me what you don't like. If you want to keep up to date, follow us on Twitter and on Instagram, it's at dearly3. If you want to know more about the NBA, the NFL or European soccer in general, follow me on Twitter, it's at leo underscore brudonch. That's L-E-O underscore B-O-R-D-O-N-H-O-S. And yeah, that is all for today guys, I will see you tomorrow.